Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on? I mean, Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? Friday, we are here talking Lions, everything Lions, but it is Super Bowl, and it is a Friday. So this one I pitched to Grifka. He gives you the five-day, gives you the uh, what the sky is looking like. He gives you your weekend weather report, as well as hits you with his favorite acronym. Grifka, do your thing. Oh, man, it is Friday. It is Super Bowl weekend. The game is on Sunday. Um, so just so you know, here in Michigan, if you're going to be driving around, going out to pick up your pizza or all your chips and your beer, it's going to be about uh, mid-30s to high-30s that day. So it's still not, it's not going to be rainy or anything like that, so it's not going to be too bad a day. So you can go outside, play with the kids, play some touch football or tackle if you're that age and feel like breaking some bones on Super Bowl Sunday. Feel free to do that. And as always, TGIF. Grifsky, what, uh, what's your favorite Super Bowl food? I, I assume you like waffles. Is that right? Maybe for breakfast, then, but um, you know, uh, but uh, you know, as as uh, as we get together with friends, um, usually um, I just like to start out with something easy, chips. You know, I'm not going to fill up on chips, but it's just going to get the stomach going, you know, get the metabolism going right there. And then, you know, as the, as everybody starts to come over, somebody always brings a seven layer dip, which I really like, and it's a different chip because I'm not using like ruffles or like lays. You know, you have to go get the tortilla chips for the seven layer dip. And, you know, so it also adds a little more weight, so the stomach needs to work a little harder. And then I I always hope somebody brings over. If not, you know, I make sure that I have the um, was it the mini weenies in the crock pot? Really like those one because they're not too sloppy, and two people eat them with um, with um toothpicks so you know you don't have to wash a whole lot of dishes afterwards but then at some point you know i usually order the pizza around two o'clock and then tell me yeah that's going to be like four hours and then i'm like okay what if i come and get it they're like oh it's only three hours i'm like sweet okay so i have to drive and go get my pizza at like five but i gotta call it two because everybody orders pizza on that day (laughs) oh my gosh i'm sure the big hughes will probably listen to this episode eventually the big hughes any super bowl or big football game i ever watched with that guy his family would make this dip that was like cheese dip, but he'd put like some type of meat in there as well. And I don't know what they would do. They'd heat it up. So it was like cheese dip, but with some type of meat concoction. And it was incredible right out of the crock pot. But it, literally, if you let it sit for, I don't know, like two minutes, it, it was an absolute rock. Like this thing, you couldn't even get a chip <laughs> in this thing. Like we would always laugh. Like if it's not eaten right away, it's no good because I've never seen anything turn into concrete. Like his uh, meat cheese dip that he would always bring over. It's like, Hughes, you know, this isn't going to be, you know, half this bowl is going to be rock solid. No one's even going to be able to eat it, but he would always so do that you up. Even put it on a plate. Like if you, if you took a spoon and put it on the plate, could is that another thing you had to like eat really quick or it just became like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally had a shot clock. If you did not eat it plate from a bowl, anything, I mean, it was uneatable in like minutes. This thing would just be a, an absolute 
just you'd have to chisel a piece off to get it on a chip. I don't know what was going on with that, but uh, that so was you had crazy. To use, like, disposable spoons. You couldn't. Oh, you had to because yeah. you could never wash that. Yeah. <laughs> you had to put a jackhammer and be like, get to get the jackhammer out. I need a little more cheese dip. Um, but uh, between that, I mean, I'm always like a wings guy or. You know, just anytime there's an event, whether it be UFC or a big football game, it's nothing better to me than having like a full fridge or going somewhere where everybody knows, hey, this is the one time we're going to hang out and they actually creak open their wallets and they get some food they would never normally pay for or eat or know that, hey, this is a time where we can pig out and be friends and just have fun and, and not worry about it, not bring them over some healthy crap or not have to, uh, you know, chintz on the food, like go big when there's a big event. So that's what I'll be doing for Super Bowl too. And like I say, I'm excited about the Super Bowl. I think it'll be a good game, but to me, it's still nothing like a Lion Sunday where I'm just totally geared up, feel like it's the biggest game ever and always have my grub and stuff going for those games too. Yeah. I love uh Super Bowl Sundays, um, you know, cause I, when the game starts, you know, six thirty, seven o'clock, but, uh, Sorry, man, I'm not that guy that's, like, tuning in at, like, 11 o'clock for the pregame, you know, I, I got functions to go to, you know, so um, I just, you know, I, st- I usually start watching about 3 o'clock, that's where I'm like, okay, you know, game's gonna be starting here, you know, and so, yeah. Rifka, nobody that listens to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast is surprised that you're not spending very much time watching or taking in the game, but you're, I'm sure you'll still be an expert once it's over, am I right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what do we got, man? What are we talking about today? Well, I mean, it is Friday before the Super Bowl, so this is our official Super Bowl show. I mean, we will have everything tied into the lines, though. Um, but I really want to ask you a couple questions here first. Um, the first thing is, this has to do with Matt Stafford. For some odd reason, I've been reading a lot of stuff, and I don't know. Some people are Lions really getting Lions behind me. What's that? Lions twenty four seven. No, I've, I've kind of laid off that one. This has to do more with the uh, Max Kellerman at ESPN believes Matt Stafford should be traded to the New England Patriots. He brought this up a little while ago, and I didn't put too much legs to it. But it seems like all these fans all of a sudden are just like, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And then we could draft Tua. I mean, I'm not talking just like drafting Tua, but how do you feel about like all of a sudden this is like, like there's like a groundswell to trade Stafford? Grifka, it only seems timely. I mean, the people love this on the show, and I've tried to not do it, but this is it's only appropriate. Grifka, is this a real question? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this can't be a real freaking question, Grifka, because everybody knows that has a brain that the Fords <clears> – <throat> hold on. Martha Ford, she loves Matt Snapford. He – He's going to help her win her her favorite moment, which is she's going to win the Lombardi trophy with, with number nine back there. I mean, this guy's never going anywhere. He's going to retire a lion. I Max Kellerman, I think this first came from Bart Scott. I mean, wh- what does he know? I mean, he was uh, th- a nasty football player, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. So they throw these things out. If any of them had a clue, they'd go up and look up the contract. If you trade Matt Stafford, it costs you 32 million. If you keep him, it costs you 21 some million. Like you do the math. Like to me, this is a non talking point. I mean, Matt Stafford's going to be with the lions. Nothing really makes sense to move him. Well, you pay 12 million bucks to have uh, uh, another quarterback. Like that makes no sense. I just, I just don't see it at all. It's just ridiculous. I mean, 
I mean, Chris, yeah. I mean, let's, let's cue up the sound bite, can we? Sure, please. Thank you, please. I know that's your favorite. Take that, Bart Scott, uh, Max Kellerman. Like, like, there's a little part of me, Grifsky, that would like, like. I mean, as I was watching Patrick Mahomes, he's like throwing off his back foot. He's throwing all these crazy passes, and I think I put on Twitter like, you know, when Matt Stafford is perfectly right. Like he makes similar plays. He can throw the football over the field. He can wow you. He can lead a comeback. You do all these things, but not only the consistency, the big game winning hasn't been there. So that's my argument to, yeah, I would maybe like a new signal caller at some point, but I like his contract number. I like his, his, his talent. I just need a better team around him and I need him to put it all together in the next, I don't know, 2020, 2021 at the latest. And if so, I think we'd be a good football team, but I don't see them starting over. I don't see them dealing him. That would just shock me, not only because of what he's went through with his family, you know, just all the other intangibles that go into it. It just seems like he's going to be here pretty much until he doesn't want to play football anymore. And I'm okay with it. Like I, I definitely have supported Stafford over the years and I'm more than happy to have him slinging the ball around. It just comes down to health and it comes down to give him a run game, give him a decent defense and and watch him work. I bet you he can, he can put it together, but he's never had all those together. He's never really been ultimately healthy and he's never had a run game and he's never had a, a solid O and D behind him to, to get it going. And, and when he has, I mean, we're playing playoff games in Dallas and Seattle for the most part. And hopefully that'll that'll turn back around. We'll see what happens. Yeah, my quick take on that whole thing is, you know, just the thumbnail. It's like he ain't going anywhere. But that is just, you know, typical ESPN bullcrap trying to put another, you know, uh, stud quarterback on one of their high, you know, franchise, you know, that people like to talk about and watch. So that's all it is. You know, take take the quarterback from the lines and put him on one of the stud teams. Uh, la, la, you know, like give me a break. You know, it's like who would how, come, those, how come they don't go sign those? Dak Prescott or something like that? No, let's go get Matt Stafford. Whatever, whatever. ESPN, get out of here. <sighs> Griff, I hate to do this every show, but I gotta like almost stop you so that we can get our gimmicks in. You, you mentioned the teams that like ESPN and people like to tout. I mean, who would some of those be, Grifka? Oh man, <laughs> New England, Green Bay, Dallas, Pittsburgh. No, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head that usually get the most love. Like, what do you Giants. mean? The Giants suck, and they still get, like, a crap ton of love. It's just like, give me a break. They're going to have, like, four Monday night football games, two Sunday night games. I mean, give me a break. The Giants are terrible. Like, but, you know, let's get these guys because they're a big market. Who gives a crap? Who wants to watch junk football? Yeah, whatever. I love how you act like you don't remember, yet we do that every two shows. You bring that topic up about how we're not one of the favorite teams in the league and how ESPN only talked about six teams, and you act like you don't remember. Come on now. Exactly. It's one of the people's favorite games. Yeah. Um, quick question here. Um, actually, uh, our buddy Frank sent me this one on, on Saturday. Uh, hey, well, let me stop you. If it's from Frank Ribble, I mean, is this a real question, really? Like, I'll just go there now. I don't even need to hear it. I mean, come on. He asked me, um, you know, what I thought about them, like uh, somebody that uh, the Lions drafting a wide receiver that could play like a wildcat QB. And he mentioned Lynn Bowden, you know, from Kentucky. Now, um, I'm not a fan of like taking, I don't like the wildcat QBs like that. You know, I know Taysom Hill does pretty well down at New Orleans, but they have like a specific package for him. That, that they're going to run all the time. I don't obviously like when Breeze got hurt, he wasn't their guy. I don't want to say you're like almost wasting a position, but 
uh, it's a more more like a gimmick thing to me. Um, if if we were gonna take somebody that to do that, the guy that would interest me actually would be you know as a Malcolm Perry out of Navy. Um, he's quick, and uh, the that was a they played he played like in the American Conference, which pretty much knew every defense knew that he was gonna have the ball most of the time. And Malcolm Perry throws the ball pretty pretty good. I mean, if the Lions were interested in doing something like that, that would be the guy I would be more interested in. Um, would that be something that would interest you, Derek? Oh, you know what wouldn't interest me, Grifka, is a Frank Ribble question. Ribble, like you're all over Twitter, you're all scattered brained, you're, you're you're sending out these uh, fantasy football nuggets. You're talking about how you want to trade down four times in the fir- first round of the draft. Come on now, Ribble, you're you're better than that. I mean, at least I thought you were when you made this uh, amazing soundbite to the Detroit Kool Aid Cast, the Frank Ribble Quad Wow. Wow! 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 <laughs> this isn't a wow question by you, Frank Ribble, but my quick take is is no, I, I don't want a, a gimmicky gadget quarterback. I, I don't want a guy from Kentucky football. There's only been a couple good prospects, and, and this Bowden cat that you're talking about is not one of them. I think the Lions like pocket passers. They like people that can can be under the gun, be in shoddy, throw the football, not run around like crazy. I know some people will say if you have a, a pocket passer or a thrower, then you want your backup to be a runner. That way you can kind of mix it up. Or you, But I think you want to keep that playbook the same. So, you know, I'm much more in the, you know, get one of these big 6'5", 220-pound throwers of the football later in the draft if you want to do that but i've said a couple times on this show but let's not go waste the position uh draft pick on a qb i mean we already paying stafford a lot he's our guy we expect him to stay healthy go get a, a better than average middle of the road vet that's better than what we've had the last couple of years and let's roll let's use all those picks on impact players on defense and when you get later in the draft as uh, good old grifka said before Later in the draft is when you can find those meat and potatoes offensive linemen. You can also take flyers on running backs, wideouts, you know, uh, guys with speed, even cornerbacks later in the draft. I mean, that's much more of a better way to use your assets than take uh, Bowden out of Kentucky to sit there and hold a clipboard. Come on, Frank. Okay. Uh, Franks, thanks for the question, buddy. I'm on your side. Um, uh, One more quick question, and this is just going to be the most quick answer of all time. Um, what did you think of Martin Mayhew coming out and saying that he wished he would have drafted Aaron Donald instead of Eric Ebron? Yeah. Hey, Martin Mayhew. I mean, Donald was my guy in the draft, but instead you went and did this. It's a bad decision. Period. Point blank. It was one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. (laughs) Everybody knew Donald was a beast. You just didn't have, didn't think you had a spot for him. You you thought this kid out of North Carolina wowed you probably with his personality. You probably fell in love with the guy. You took him, and now it's just revisionist history. I don't want to hear you, Martin Mayhew. Oh, you're some assistant over there in San Francisco. Congratulations. Not now you're rethinking every draft. Like you knew what you're supposed to do. Like you came here, we had no talent or we were down in the dumps. You made a couple good draft picks. You made a bunch of horrible picks. You couldn't, you couldn't hit the water from the, from the, from the, from the sand in the second round. If you tried, like you, you were an embarrassment in the second, third rounds of the draft, you got a couple top picks 
right? I mean, gosh, you got like Grifka batting average. Like after the top 10 picks, you were a freaking tire fire. Signed Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. Like, don't give me this glowing article with Kyle Mikey or the DB talking about what you would have done. What you did do was take Eric Mebron, the guy that as uh, the one and only Grifka likes to say had two frying pans for hands and, and was out of here in what, three years. Like you knew we needed defense. You knew there was impact players. I mean, Oh, I bet you, I bet you uh, knew that OBJ was going to be good too. Or, Oh man, I would have taken so and nobody wants to hear this garbage. Good. Get out of here. Go, go get John Lynch some coffee and shut the hell up. Nobody wants to hear what you would have done. What you did do wasn't good enough. And that's why you're out there in San Francisco with a, uh, San Francisco treat up here. You know what? Like, like good. You got a trip to Miami. You're going to get beat down by Patrick Mahomes. And then you can go back to scouting or whatever the heck else you do. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, all I got to say is when uh, I read that headline, I thought one thing, two words. Well, duh. I mean, come on. That's, that's all I had to say. <laughs> yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. I, I love that you used your own soundbite, and I wasn't ready for it, so I don't have it queued up. But <laughs> the other thing that makes me laugh about that the uh, good old waffle maker is like, this is why I need your picks this year because I don't know that Grifka was saying "duh" in that draft. I bur- I guarantee you wanted some other scrub that is is at the local bowling alley right now. So don't give me this. It's like "duh." It's like "duh." It's like "duh." Because in that draft, I guarantee if I could see your sheet or if I had your picks, I mean, uh, I would probably be saying this. That drives me freaking bonkers. Yeah. I, I can guarantee you my first round pick wouldn't have been a tight end at any position, at, at any pick, no matter where the lines pick. So. And you so, know why, Greg? Because you think tight ends have this in the NFL. No chance that's what you got. Until TJ Hawkinson's a pro bowler, of course. What else we got? You got me all hot under the collar about Martin Mayhew talking big noise because the rest of his organization actually got it right. He's sitting there gravy training it. I don't got time for this. Well, let's do this. Let's take a pause for the cause. Then we're going to come back and uh, kind of break down the Chiefs and 49ers. So uh, let's do that really quick. All right. I'm going to calm down. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everybody, we're back on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and Grifka wants to talk about two teams that aren't the Detroit Lions. Grifka, go ahead. Well, my biggest thing is that um, everybody's, like, starting to compare, like, the lines. I mean, we've seen it. Everybody's seen it. Like, what the 49ers did last year made it to the Super Bowl this year. A lot of similarities between 
you know, what the 49ers were last year and what the Lions ha- happened to the Lions this year. So my biggest question is the two teams that are in there, them, we all know that the Lions played the Chiefs pretty tough. Um, and was it last year they hung with them you know, for a while and then ultimately, you know, lost out at, out in San Francisco. And my question is, I mean, if you if you look at the teams at full health on paper, you know, Detroit, you know, we're not talking, you know, what happened at the end of the year or something. On paper, I don't want to say, like, these are the moves the Lions got to make. But, but I think the Lions match up pretty good against them in, in full health. I mean, now there's things that they have better than them. But, like, if you quarterback to quarterback, I think Mahomes is a better quarterback. But I think Stafford's a better quarterback than Jimmy G, where people might laugh at me about that. But are there certain positions on paper you think the Lions match up really well and really close at compared to either the Chiefs or the 49ers? Oh, my goodness. Grifka, I'm going to answer that. But uh, I love how you said we played the Chiefs tough because I remember having about a 20-minute argument with you about how, like, it didn't matter what they did. We still got beat. We didn't didn't play that well. And then I remember the San Francisco game last year. We basically won the game on a pick from Tracy Walker. Uh, early in his career it was called back and you just wanted to tell me how terrible San Francisco was and they were a terrible team even said early this year Jimmy G is no good yet here he is in the big game and all he does is win so I mean uh, let's get that out there right now but I mean when you compare these teams I mean of course they both have talent I mean it's like duh it's like duh like every NFL team has good talent but I'm I'm torn because I feel like you could say the Lions are light years away and the, oh, wow, look at how good San Francisco's roster is. Look at how terrible the Lions roster is. Like when, when I compare some of these teams and I look at these, you know, where they've got just nasty defensive lines or they got playmakers like the the other day I was thinking about, look at the players the Baltimore Ravens have in the defensive backfield. I mean, Earl Thomas, Peters, they've got, uh, uh, gosh, who's the other guy they got on the other side? The uh, out of Alabama, right? Like, uh, not Lattimore, yeah. what's the other guy? I Another top corner. And then they've got uh, the, the kid from Grand Valley they've had over there for, for years or whatever. That, like, just like, you know, four, five, six deep of like guys that are better than, you know, our, our number two. You know, it's just like you look at some of these these offenses where they got, you know, three, two, three running backs. We can't find a running back in two decades. I mean, that that worries me. Or if you look at these pro bowlers, like what did the Ravens have? Like 10, 12 pro bowlers? I mean, people always making a big deal. Can we get one or two? Like, to me, there is something to be said with that. But I just keep going back to, like, your comment, you know, not even two seasons ago. Oh, we should we should go into San Francisco and whoop up on the San Francisco 49ers. They're no good. And then we go there and lose. You blow a gasket and then they win. The quarterback goes down. They win like two games and they coach the senior bowl and everyone writes them off. And then they get the quarterback back and they get a stud at number two, add some pieces. And then next thing you know, they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And really, they're just like every other NFL team. Middle of the road, got some players. At, if they catch lightning in a bottle, add a few pieces and, and, you know, get good coaching and get good breaks during the season, they have a chance to play in the big game and that's where they are. So, I mean, my spin is that the Lions are really not that far away, but 
that's me projecting that some of these guys that are on the fringe are going to flip the script to be good. Unlike you normally says that they're going to go the other way and suck because if, if some of our players, probably six players, six to eight players in the middle of our roster, all get it together and play to their potential. We showed even this year with a lackluster, um, you know, circumstances and situation that we can play with almost any team on any given Sunday. So yeah, if things all kind of go well, we stay healthy and these guys end up being what I think they will be. There's no reason in the next year or two that we shouldn't be fighting for playoff victories. And all it takes is what three wins. If you're a wild card team two if you get a buy to get to the big game, it's really not some marathon once you get in the playoffs. So like you said, a few guys, you know, get to their potential. So you don't think the lines need to have like guys that need to have like career years, you know, you don't need like, carry on to go for like you know 1500 yards or or you know something like that where you know trey flowers has like you know 15 sacks or you know you know darius slay has like 10 picks you're not looking you just want guys to either play up to their potential you, you don't think the guys need to like play above their heads to be able to get to where san francisco kansas city are i mean you need you need players to make plays i mean usually it comes down to your quarterback as well as the san francisco 49ers have have found lightning in a bottle in the form of raheen mostert yeah that's not a condiment that's an actual player that's been just absolutely tearing up fools and no one ever heard of this guy barely he was just a nothing and now he's a, a absolute beast out on the football field so you need a few of those to come through you need some of your mid-tier guys to not only stay healthy but play at or above their their norm and you need a couple of your blue chip guys, your top elite players to to kind of carry your team. And so I'm not expecting like multiple people to have career years, but I'm expecting, yeah, like Trey Flowers to be a force. I'm really expecting guys like like uh, Tracy Walker, Darius Slay and our, some of our front line guys to help carry the defense and, and turn the football over, as well as you would need Matt Stafford to play at the level he was for the beginning part of this season where he was controlling the game, making throws, scoring touchdowns. I mean, yeah, all those things kind of have to come together, but I, I don't look around at the lions roster and, and on both sides of the ball and feel like we don't have football players. I just don't know to what level, like, like how many premier guys do we have? Or again, I'm the optimistic guy here. So of course I'm projecting forward guys are going to be good before they're good. And that can always come back and bite me. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I think Tracy Walker is going to be a stud if I felt like he didn't have intangibles. I hadn't seen things on the football field, just like I did with Kenny. I didn't wait till now to say, hey, Grifka, guess what? Kenny Galladay is good. I said it like two years ago, and now he's just he's just proved that and, and, and up the ante a little bit. So that's what the Lions need are, are guys that Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia have pegged as, as cornerstones, like Deshaun Hand and – um, you know, to buy to really step into the middle linebacker spot. They really need Will Harris to become a, a force back on there in the safeties. And for TJ Hawkinson, like I joked earlier, to be an all pro guy, they need him to be a top 10, if not top eight, you know, NFL tight end in year two to take the type of leap everybody's hoping for. Okay. Are there any key groups that you think are very similar to where either the Chiefs or 49ers are now like you think maybe like the Lions offensive line is really close to like the 49ers offensive line or something like that or 
their wide receivers, you know, Lions wide receivers are close to Kansas City's wide receivers. You, you see any groups that are like that or like really close and that really match up really well? Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of stories out about, you know, who, who could be the next San Francisco team, the team that was down in the dumps, you know, to everybody on the national media. And before you know it, now they're in the big game. I mean, I think that comes down to a couple things. One is on defense, like the San Francisco have been stockpiling for a couple of years on the defensive line, as well as some sneaky picks at linebacker that were kind of coming in fruition. And so then they add a piece like Bosa and they, they add a couple free agents, you know, what they get, uh, they got the kid out of Kansas city, um, the edge rusher, um, D D uh, D Ford, you know, a couple guys like that, that put them up over the top. So that that's the kind of things I'm projecting for the Detroit lions. It's like, everybody thinks we have an awful defense. You tell me every week how bad the defense is. I look at the defense and see probably like five to six plus pieces that I can put on most teams and be happy with. I see a few glaring holes and I see lots of health issues. So we, we get healthy. We add a few pieces as well as, turn the juice up on some of these guys that are supposedly going to be coming into their own. Yeah. The defense could take a big leap. The other really glaring uh, similarity is that the reason that San Francisco didn't show growth uh, last year was because their quarterback went down early in the year and they chalked up a bunch of losses. They kind of fought hung in there, whatever it is, but they were not a good football team without a quarterback and they hadn't added some skilled players as they did this year with um, Emmanuel Sanders and stuff kind of mid-year. But I, I already like our receivers, not compared to Kansas City. Like, we don't have burners, but we have we have guys that you got to guard us three deep plus a tight end. And our running backs just aren't in the caliber of San Francisco, and they're more similar to Kansas City. But I feel like the running backs are going to come around as well to be – better than we're used to here in 2020. So, you know, quarterback and defense are the two things that I could see taking a double leap, which could create a lot of W's in 2020 for the Detroit Lions. Just to kind of piggyback here, I think the Lions offensive scheme, uh, what they run, I mean, it showed what it could do with a healthy quarterback. And um, like you said, um, carry on staying healthy all year. That, that would be a big help. And I'm, I'm happy with our wide receivers. Like I said, I think we just, like you said, slot, you know, bringing back somebody like that. And they don't, speed-wise, they just don't compare with Kansas City. Uh, defense, I believe, uh, I, if uh, I, I still think the defensive scheme, I don't know, has to, I don't want to say improve or change. Um, it's, that's where I, you know, like some guys just got to step up and, you know, play to the potential. But, you know, like you said, you see me and you have this debate a lot. So I'm not going to bring that up again. But uh, I, I think the defense has to improve i mean that's got to be the biggest thing i think the offense is you know guys stay healthy it's there it's the defense um which is what's really needed for this team to get to that spot where everybody keeps you know comparing you know the 49ers to the lions so that's where i am with that real quick though we got to keep it moving but what i don't understand with you griffin why we get in so many arguments about this is because i feel like you don't look at like players or kind of what is there. You just look at like, you're one of these guys that says, well, it's a bottom line business. They, they weren't good. Look at the stats. Like our, our season last year and even year one of Matt Pat is about so much more than, than the bottom line stats or just like what you saw on the field. Like you just keep saying, well, this defense isn't good. These guys have to step up, like look at it. Like 
do you really think what you saw for, I don't know, from October on is really what that defense is, or is that just what it was based on circumstance and, and some other things? Because I feel like you just ignore lots of things that are there just because you didn't see them. They're not right in front of your face. And that's what drives me nuts. Well, like, like we had this discussion late in the year, they were, you know, I asked you if lines were just using IR just, you know, for like, well, look how many guys we got on IR. And like you said, they were using it more probably to get better looks at younger guys, more looks to see if they want to keep them around, you know? So yeah, late in the year when numerous guys on that defense were on IR. Yeah. That's not what the defense is. That's pretty obvious, but uh, you know, before everybody went on IR, yeah, that defense, sorry, it wasn't that great. It, it wasn't. I wouldn't even put that great. It wasn't good at all. And we can go back and, I mean, and what points we'll, we'll re-talk about games and, you know, and look at certain plays and certain players and stuff like that. But, yeah, there's, I mean, you keep talking about me and you get in the discussion about Jared Davis. I mean, I think he is what he is. You think he can still improve leaps and bounds, but I still think he just does the most basic stuff and he's not good at it where – he should be doing that by now where he's at in the pros. So, I, I mean, if that's one of the guys you're talking, you know, five or six guys that you're looking to that put on another team and they'd be happy with them. I don't think so. I mean, other guys I can name off, you know, that could see eye to eye with you and say, yeah, I can see that. But I mean, the big, the biggest weakness on this team right now is, is our linebacking core hands down. I mean, that's nowhere close to either of those teams that are in the, uh, that are in the Super Bowl, And that's not even close. The production that they do, what they do, that one is the guy to be the biggest overhaul. Everybody can blame, like, the defensive line that wasn't that good. They didn't get a lot of pressure. Guys were hurt. And, you know, the defensive backfield guys were hurt. They gave up a lot of yards. But still, I can see the pieces in the defensive backfield. And even some on the defensive line, even though it's probably going to get the defensive tackles make it a big overhaul. But the linebacking core on this team is utterly terrible. Okay, well, we'll save it because when we start looking back at games, like I think you're just absolutely forgetting that for three plus quarters, we we totally held down Arizona to next to nothing. We went we and we held down uh, the Chargers. We were there to like ten points. We then went in and and beat the Eagles in Philly. Like when you act like our defense was Swiss cheese there in the beginning of the year. They weren't, and they, and they weren't even right then. Like they had they had guys that weren't in camp. They had Deshaun Hand not even playing. They had like I just think we have real different views on like who Deshaun Hand is as a player versus like what you think of him. Like what you think of some of these other guys just because like they haven't done it yet at your all pro level, and that's why I always yell at you is because like you're not gonna have a a bunch of a stud left tackle, a, a two studs in the middle of your defense perfect uh, corners on the outside you have to have like good players solid players at, at most spots and guys with athleticism all this different stuff and you also have to give them time like did anybody really think that you know some of these guys are going to be all world in year one the fact that will even played as much as he did or that Tavai was out there to me is a really positive sign for the player so we, we will see, but I, I can't wait till we look back and you get reminded like you did last year of what carry on can do when he was healthy, when you went back and watched the games again. And now you and others think, oh, I don't know about him because you didn't see him again this year as much as you would have wanted to. Like, he's good. And there's probably five, six other examples on the team that people act like are no good that are just out of sight, out of mind. Or you look at their stats or the bad season that they had based on injury, whatever it may be. 
and you're writing them off when really I see them as much more of a plus player. And again, not all pros, not uh, incredible at every level, but not guys that are are killing our football team week in and week out. I think that's where we differ, and we'll see what happens when we watch it back. And like I say, when we watch the back half of that season back, yeah, you're going to see a lot of bad, bad coverage, bad football, bad rush. And, you know, will you just see that or will you see why? You know, when we look back, I, I'm hoping that you see the why more so than just what happened. Everybody knows what happened. Everybody knows we won three football games. It's embarrassing. So I'm looking forward to those discussions. Yeah, me too. Okay. What else um, we got? Uh, just a couple more things before we get out of here. One, I just want to, I mean, I realize the Lions aren't in it, but I just, I would like a final score. And who do you think is going to win the game? And then I just got uh, one other one other thing I want to ask you about really quick. So how would you give me a final score on the Super Bowl, even though the Lions aren't in it? All right. I'm going to give you a winner and a score, and then I want to sneak in a couple of prop bets just for you, and then you can oh, hit me yeah. with your last thing. So, uh, a winning uh, – you know, I, I feel like the Chiefs are going to win this football game. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is too special. The – you know, winning in the NFL really comes down to your quarterback making plays. Everybody loves San Francisco's run game. I get it. They've been really tough. They have lots of other things going for them. But I think when it's all said and done, the way that Patrick Mahomes throws the football as well as the people he can throw it to, excuse me, will just be too much. And I think that you'll see a final score probably 30 – oh, boy, where do I go with this? I, I think, you know – they're just going to have too much firepower. So probably 30, I'm going to go high 35 for the chiefs. And I bet you San Francisco hangs there probably be a good game towards the end. So uh, 35, 20, gosh, I don't want to be a 10 point game. So probably 35, 28, I suppose like within a touchdown, but it's not going to feel like right down to the wire. It's going to be a, you know, Chiefs kind of put it away late, but it's not going to be uh, 10 points or more. Okay. Yeah, I'll give mine really quick, and then we'll do your prop bets that you mentioned. Um, um, I think it's going to be one of those games that seems like there's a couple playoff games, like teams jumped out on Kansas City, and then they got their feet underneath them, and that offense just got rolling. I think this is going to be another similar, similar thing. Um, Kansas City, they just seem to score points in bunches. I mean, San Francisco does have a good defense. I still think it's going to be one of those things where Kansas City just puts up mad points, and they just pull away at the end. And I'm going to I'm going to say this game's going to be probably 38-27 Kansas City. Oh, that's a big that's a big differential and a big score for you there, uh, Grisky. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm hoping it's fun. I hope there's some exciting things that happen. I hope there's a couple commercials that make me laugh and, and and like say get this put the season behind us so we can get to free agency the draft in 2020 for our detroit lions a uh, couple quick uh prop bets for you grifka that i'm interested in uh how long do you think that national anthem will go you either have over two minutes or under two minutes what are you thinking over <clears throat> length um hold on let me see here let me get another good one <clears throat> Uh, first offensive play from scrimmage run or anything else. I'm going to go anything else. Um, who do you think will score first? Like player or team team? Um, I will go with Kansas city. 
it's a it's a dead <clears throat> dead heat it looks like here 50 50 so that's uh that's always an interesting one um jersey number of the first player to score the first touchdown we got we got one to ten <laughs> oh geez it's got range never mind uh what will happen first a sack or a touchdown i'm gonna say a sack uh, who do you think will be the first to commit a turnover? Um, I will say, I'll say uh, Kansas City. The uh, majority is going with San Francisco. Um, the this is a great one. I don't know why this would even be a two part answer. Result of the first coaches challenge. I don't even know why overturned is on this list, but overturned or upheld. I'm pretty uh, sure they're going yeah. to play stands, yeah, like they do on every freaking play ever, unless it's against the Detroit Lions. Um, or gosh, the Packers calls it. <laughs> uh, man, I I should have pulled up before like the funny ones. Like these are all like basic football ones. Uh, let me get one more here. Team with the longest play. I'm going to say Kansas City on that. Right. <laughs> Obviously, I, I bet you. Uh, I bet you Tyreek goes off again. Like he he's just too dang fast for anybody. He's warp speed that guy. So yeah. anyway, there's a million of these things. You got to go check them out. These are mostly football related, but find one of those websites that has the real funny, uh, unique prop bets and, and do some of those with your friends. Those are always fun. Or what I usually would do at a big old party with friends is make a big old grid and, and just have random things, you know, in the, in the spots and people would kind of either, you know, pay for spots or, or get different random numbers drawn. It would be like, you know, random things, you know, how often would they show Giselle Bunchkin you know, when uh, Brady was playing or how many Pepsi commercials in the first quarter or, you know, all these random things. And if you could keep track, you had to like turn in your cards and whoever had the most cards turned in at the end one, that was always not only fun, but it just kind of was like fantasy football was like another thing to sort of keep you engaged in the game, even if you weren't, weren't that locked in. So I encourage everybody to do that. Yeah, those are, those are always fun to do. I'm not a fan of the random numbers. Like people always try to get me into the, uh, what do they call them? Even the uh, squares or whatever. It's like, you got two and seven. It's like, what? (laughs) Like I would much rather have like, if Jimmy G throws a 50 yard touchdown, than get a random two and a seven where if the first number is two and the last name seven at the first quarter, you win, you know, a a chocolate bar. Like, no, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Boards, boards can be fun, but, uh, you're right. Sometimes you get stuck with numbers. You're like, okay, so I need to score to be like 52 to, you know, I'm like, okay, right. never mind. Um, right. It's like I want the subs and things I can watch for in the game, not like you said, I'm rooting for the extra point to go in so that I can hold on to my score for an extra two minutes and win some quarterly number. That means nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one last quick thing. I just want your quick take on, uh, I'm, I'm sure your boy, you know, I, I'm sure you read him a lot, and that's Kyle Meineke. He uh, put a uh, article out uh, this week. You know, Richard Sherman. You know, stated how he turned down more guaranteed money from uh, Detroit to go play with uh, San Francisco. Um, and I know we've had this discussion before. It's like, oh, it's always about the money or something like that. But one thing he said was like, he just didn't like the culture, you know, here, and that was coming in the Patriot way. Um, 
do you even have a take on that or is this one of those things like because i'm reading people like he's a jerk we don't want him good we don't want him you know he's old we don't want him and i'm sure just as soon as like if he would have signed here everybody would have been like yeah thank god we got richard sherman so uh do you really you really have a take on that or is just one of those things like you know yeah you know thanks but no thanks Griff Clay, you know what you're doing on, on these Friday questions to me that you you used to do all the time. You've been better with. Now you're doing it again. You're doing this. What the hell are you doing? That's right. <laughs> Freaking walkers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're trying to get me fired up. And, like, everybody knows. Like, there's all this Twitter chat about this. Everybody that remembers, like, right when Richard Sermon got cut, everybody was like, hey, we need corner. Go get him. And then Bob Quinn got right on the phone. You know, reports were he was going to come here and, and meet with the team. And the next thing you know, he had met with San Francisco and he never even visited, right? He just, I guess, word came out through Richard Sherman, which, again, I love Sherman as a person. He's a smart guy, fun to listen to, always not afraid to say what he means, which I like. But, I'm, I mean, he, he says he was offered this big contract, what, just over the phone, sight unseen, Bob Quinn just said, here's 20 million guaranteed. I, I doubt it. I'm sure they wanted to not only meet him, but bring him in and sort of talk with him. I don't believe he ever came here. He just made a couple visits, you know, and then right when he did the San Francisco visit, he just signed there before he even came to Detroit. But I, I mean, it's, it's what we joke about on the show. It's the rumor innuendo. It's the hearsay. It's the Richard Sherman just saying that and everybody taking it for gospel. Like, I mean, okay, you want to be out on the West Coast, you want to go to somewhere you're comfortable, you don't want to work very hard, you want to kind of do your own thing, okay, you know, great, good for you, you know, but, um, you know, there are other places where there's not only more structure, but there's more built-in, you know, if you want to call it you know, work or structure or culture, whatever you want to call it, like, Every every building in the NFL is different. So I really didn't think too much of it, almost like, okay, great, you know, go, just like in real life. You know, do you want to take the job that just pays you the most and you're miserable? Or do you want to take a job that you're happy with that maybe you pay less or you live closer to your office, whatever it may be? Everybody makes those decisions all day, every day. So Richard Sherman's no different. You made a decision to go to San Francisco. You look like a smart guy because you're in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, that didn't look like the greatest decision right off the get-go. He was working his way through an injury and they weren't very good. And here they are a couple years later, everything looks roses. So I'm not... I didn't take it as a big slight. I, I just took it as like, what does Richard Sherman know about the Detroit Lions other than what he probably heard from a couple of disgruntled Detroit Lions down the road or that's in San Francisco now. So not not a big deal and, and not really something that many people should be worried about. And like you said, every Lions fan was all about Sherm coming here. Okay, you didn't come here next, you know, not not a big deal. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm, you know. I'm right there with you. You can't miss something you never had. And if you never want to come here, okay, man, you know, you know, more power to you. And like you said, I like Richard Sherman too. And so no big deal, man. Can't miss him. Never had him. So that's all I got. I want you to um, go, uh, go all Zen now and uh, listen to some babbling Brooks and, you know, you know, the, you know, some nice 
sounds of the seashore, so your blood pressure goes back down. But uh, that's all I got on this wonderful Friday. Grifka, unlike you, it's not that I had too much salt. It's that you got me all fired up today with all these questions, all these all these Grifkas where you want to just bring something out and, and, and that you know I don't like, and it gets me all going. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought next you were going to ask me about, uh, hey, Okria, well, what do you think about Lake and Tomlinson and Anthony Zettel and, you know, all these other ex-Lions? I mean, man, w- the Lions could have been in the Super Bowl if they wouldn't have got rid of all these bums, and then I really would have jumped down your throat. So thank goodness you didn't do that. Good luck to both teams in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'll be pulling for the Chiefs. I wouldn't be upset if the Niners win, but I definitely want those Chiefs to get that W. I was actually just out in Kansas City here recently. Great football town. Talked to a lot of people out there and uh, excited for them. Hopefully, I couldn't believe it's been 50 years. Uh, It really didn't ring true until they said that. Uh, But like I say, one of the uh, AFL squads as well as some just a great place to watch a game. I'm sure I've never been there, but the barbecue, the tailgating, straight up my alley. So rooting for those Chiefs, hoping for a good Super Bowl. And uh, we'll be back um, talking all things Lions next week. But before we go, Grifka, you got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Everybody. Uh, We've had some different shows this week. We've had some fun. We appreciate you listening. Guys have really been jumping back on board, kind of got over that tough season we've had, and you've been talking on Twitter. You've been sharing this with a friend. You've really been – our listens have been cranking out. We appreciate it. I know I did a a show from the road. You guys listened to that, even though the audio quality wasn't that good. I'll try to get you another bonus show talking all things Senior Bowl before you know it. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be into the offseason after this Sunday. No more football. But this is when it really gets tuned up for us Detroit Lions fans. Rebuild this team. Get this thing going. So thank you so much for listening to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Everybody, take care. Have a great weekend. We're out. Drink it in, man.